whoop. Oh boy. Oh baby, I should say. Do we have a exciting episode for you today? It's 30 on Broadway. Gerard Gallant is a New York Ranger. Thank God you finally got the opening right. Jesus. It has happened. God. We did that for a couple of reasons. One, because they announced. It was announced. The Rangers still haven't announced it yet, but. Yeah, they haven't come out and made the official. But it was announced, reported, breaking. Breaking news. Breaking news. Multiple sauces. Multiple. Multiple that Gerard Gallant is the official head coach of the New York Rangers. We have not had the pod, the uh, podcast. We have not had the press conference yet, but uh, the report is that Gerard Gallant is the head coach of the New York Rangers, and it came on the 27th anniversary of the New York Rangers Stanley Cup championship back in Half, 1994. Halfway, halfway to the drought. Years. So, uh. yeah. God. See, you know, I was is, nine when they last won the Stanley Cup. It, it is I was great. nine. It is great that the Rangers did something I wanted. It's been a long time. And funny enough, I was going through some old tweets of mine, and I wanted Gerard Gallant as Ranger head coach the minute Florida fired him. Like yeah, I, you, I you've this, been you've been big on Gerard Gallant for a long time. I have First time, a, long time. I have been a Gerard Gallant fan for a while, and uh, I am not his only fan, by the way. Yarmir Yager, big fan. Uh, yeah, big big of, fan. Apparently, according to uh, Larry Brooks today, uh, of Gerard Gallant. So if Yager loves Gerard Gallant, we all must love Gerard Gallant. It's just you know it's a rule. You can't hate something that Yager loves. No, like, it's not possible. Right, that's that's, we, that's illegal. We all love and respect Yaramir Yager. So, if Yager loves it, we all love it. So hey, let's kick off the new era in a good way with a little bit of a throwback, shall we? You ready for this? Yeah, a little bit. Beautiful. I missed oh, that opener. I missed that opener. What an opener. What a gem. Please far don't sue away, us, MSG. Far and away the, the best opening MSG ever did for hockey. Oh, by far. Hey, by just, far. It was fantastic. Just beautiful. You know, and they showed that they could update it by using the current Rangers in the video package. So they could. Like, so let's like, do it. Let, let's bring that back. Like make bring that back some of the old jam, the old juice, the old glory of the 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 mid nineties Rangers. Go we, ahead. We, we want that back. I, I want bring that. that. Bring that juice back. Get rid of this. Bring corporate. the beat back. Bring yeah. Bring it back. Let's let's go and just don't sue us in the interim. Look, we all know they hate podcasts, so. Yeah, I mean, well, they, 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 well, they they hate podcasts. For, well, they hate bloggers they hate blogs. Yeah, and so. podcasts for a good reason. But let's just say something. 
it ain't because of anything that we do. Well, you know, it's, well, first off, I'm just gonna put it out there. Look, there ain't I, nothing that we have said that would piss no, off no. any well, of the, the Bridge thing, of Brass. The only thing that we said is that Chris Kreider sucks. And I Except think- I did at one point in the early part of the season, in the offseason, I think it was, I did say that if things went south for the Rangers, could Jeff Gordon be on the hot seat? And I you were like, not, you are I, stupid. I just did not see that coming. I couldn't I really believe did. it. Now, I, under, I, this re- under this way? No, no. But, all right. Rangers... Make it official, Gerard Gallant. We've been talking about this for a while. Yeah, we, the Rangers we, have not made it official. The Rangers haven't made it official, but it's official in our hearts. And I don't care. But the report was that Drury, that they moved away from the Brindamore situation. So we had talked about that on the last episode, that it was Gerard Gallant or no one else. And really, the only other person that we legitimately thought could have a shot, and largely because we were already told, I think it was Brooks, that had that had mentioned that guys like Tortorella and Tockett and others were out. Um, we were we were basically told that the idea was if the contract didn't work out for Brenda Moore in Carolina, that that would be the only one. And which we said as well, if you if you got Brenda Moore available, you go Brenda Moore. You you don't you don't you don't turn away from Rod the Bot. You just don't do it. But. We've been calling for Gerard Gallant. The funny thing is, is that Nick over here has been calling for Gerard Gallant since like February on the FHN.net, which is the home to 30 on Broadway, as well as 30 on Broadway OT, which is the uh, the writing of Nick Parrott's very controversial writer. Oh, so much controversy. So much controversy. I'm, I'm a controversial human being. You're a controversial <laughs> truther. That's what uh, you are. You know. Back in... February, when the Rangers got absolutely disgraced and embarrassed by the New Jersey Devils, you wrote an article, Rangers outworked and overmatched points to problems behind the bench. And there was <laughs> there's a quote in here that when your team comes out to consistently unready to play and uninspired, it speaks to two things, poor coaching and poor leadership within the room. At some point, that has to fall at the feet of the head coach. And at the end of that article, you go, Gerard Gallant, you'll love Broadway. And then you speed up to another, a month later, Rangers struggles to find Quinn, where things that you talked about, leadership in the room, were were cited during an intermission with former Rangers captain Ryan Callahan, who mentioned that the lack of leadership and direction currently hindering the club and in the room was needing someone to step up on the bench and say something or drive momentum with a big shift, big hit, big play to grab momentum back, and the team sorely lacks that ability. When the tough tough gets going, the team folds like a house of cards and a light push of breath from the opposition. So... We've seen this now since David Quinn no longer coach for the New York Rangers. We have seen former players come out and speak in kind of confirming those those mindsets. Um, and it all goes back to uh, this 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 idea that David Quinn, there was a clear disconnect between Quinn and the top the top guys on the team. Yep, and, and Larry it, Brooks and cited that over. today. And, and Larry, Larry Brooks. Brooks brought that up today as well. So, um, 
Look, we may know. be two schmucks with a microphone, is which is what we've kind of coined ourselves, but sometimes we do kind of know what we're talking about. And I, I, I don't, I don't like to brag. I really don't. Because no, but in this point, we could brag I, I, because I, you I know think... what? I will say this. I'm going to go on the record and say this because I peruse the Reddit's, I peruse Facebook, so I've seen the feedback and the lashes and the the, the oh, you I've don't got, know what you're talking I, about. I've got I've gotten constantly it's it's ridiculous by people. So I, I do like the little bit of a sense of vindication. It's fine. Yeah. I don't I don't like to boast, but you know what? In this case, there's the whatever. I, All I'm gonna say is you're gonna get honesty from thirty on Broadway and from the face off hockey network. Look, we're fans. Above all else, we're fans. We're not insiders. We're nothing. We just we have our opinions. We have our thoughts. But we've also been around the game our entire lives. We've played the game at multiple levels. You know, we we don't need our multiple sauces to post like, articles and and you know like take I, words from other people. We just like give I, our opinion. Yeah, and you know, look, like Chris said, we we've been around the game pretty much all our lives. I mean, I grew up in a house where my dad you know, played at a pretty high level to the point where he was signed by the Los Angeles Kings. My dad also coached for 20-plus years. So I've been around somebody who knows the game. And, you know, I've, I've you know, look, I've honestly, I've grown up on ice. So, and look, we, like we said, we've both played at different levels. So there are certain parts to it that we do, look, whether or not you played in the NHL or not, some things are the same. You know when players are disconnecting from the coach. You know, you can tell there are certain things by just by playing the game and being around the game for as long as we have. There are just things that you know by watching that, okay, that doesn't smell right. But, so I, I, I don't want to, like, come across as a braggart, you know, but I will say it does feel good to see – a lot of the things that, you know, I know for a fact that I said and stuff that Chris has said that, you know, people will be, oh, you guys are morons. Look, do we say a lot of dumb stuff from time to time? Yeah, 100%. I mean, but for the most part, you're going to get, well, not for the most part, just right down to By it. By and you're, large. You're going you're gonna to get our opinion on what we see because, look, again, we have – a lot of experience watching the game, playing the game. Like we just, we know the game. It's not something and even, that you know, on my side, I mean, my father grew up playing the game his whole life. I mean, he played with Nick Fatio for quite a while. He played with other guys that became NHL players, uh, very well, well off NHL players, um, you know, like the Mullins, things of my that dad, nature. So my dad I mean, played with Joey and Brian. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of experience there, and you you pick up on things and you recognize things. You know, growing through, through you know the years that I've played up into college, and you know, and all that, and just and, and watching the game and just being a fan. There were points you know? this year where you knew that the Rangers had checked out on Quinn, at least some of the veterans. I will never forget. There was a game. They were down in the third period by a goal. Kreider is on the ice, okay? There was a timeout. Kreider was one of the players going back over the boards. Quinn has the board and is drawing up a play. Kreider's not even paying attention. Right. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like, 
okay, there are points where a coach is talking and you're like, like looking, but you're still looking. You could tell by watching that Kreider did not care what Quinn was, was saying to him. It was, yeah, and I mean, it was and going in one ear and out the other. And the thing with that is is you're not going to have that with Gerard Gallant. Right. You're not. Gerard Gallant, even though, and we talked about this on the last episode, it's been you know, it's been the, 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 the shortcomings in Florida because of stupidity, really on the management side. The ownership, I think, being trigger happy in Vegas, um, which has been told, which has been cited as as a knee jerk reaction. As as good as Pete DeBoer has been behind the bench for Vegas, it was a knee jerk reaction for them to let him go. Well, not um, only that, but look how much better the roster got. Right, and you know, and you talk, and we talked about all the players that Gerard Gallant has had a finger on. You know, the guys like Huberto. Uh, Barkoff, Trocheck, guys that were early in their NHL careers. I'm talking Aaron like Ekblad. rookie seasons. Aaron Ekblad, rookie under Gerard Gallant. Um, Trocheck, rookie. Barkoff, rookie. Huberto was a couple was of years into his, I think one or two seasons, a couple of them. So you had all those guys. And then you see what he did in Vegas with a team that, yeah, everybody wants to criticize the Vegas for, oh, they got this great team right out of the gate. No one was pegging the Vegas Golden Knights to be a great team out of the gate. Nobody was. That's why they were one of the but long shot, longest had... odds to win the cup in their Chris inaugural loves, season. Chris loves David Perron. He does. But David Perron should not be playing first line for anybody. It, but Well, David Perron is kind of underrated. But but David Perron, look what happened with James Neal. Look what happened with Wild Bill. Look what happened with Jonathan Marchessault. These are all guys that, and I understand you get a chip on your shoulder, but I think Gerard Gallant played that up to to a level. And and you can't say, well, they had Marc-Andre Fleury because they really did it in the inaugural season because he was hurt so much. Every goaltender was hurt so much for Vegas. So, but that even adds he was, more value. He, he, was, he was winning games with Oscar Dance, Malcolm Subban, and Max yeah. Lagasse. Lega, uh, and not even Legacy. just like putting together wins here and there. Dominating. Dominating. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't ever buy that aspect of oh, Vegas got gifted this great team. Sure, have they made some splashes because they got deep pockets after the fact and they've gone out and they've spent a ton of money? Absolutely, hundred percent, I agree with that. They've done that. But if you're a fan and and that's your team, isn't that what every fan would want for their owner to be so invested and so hell bent on winning? I mean, yeah, don't I, you think Yankee fans would absolutely love to have George Steinbrenner back in the chair right now look, over what it, they got? I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it to you. I'll put it to you perfectly. Being a Met fan, yeah. I had to deal with garbage from my ownership for years to the point where it turned me off to the team. I was and you got I, and you got Steve Cohen who comes in and is willing to put money down, willing to be brass and and and, and go for it. Every, every what what fan doesn't want that? What would you want the Pagulas in Buffalo? Yes. I mean, really? Yes, we love we love Terry <laughs> Kip Pagula. Well, everybody good. else does because good. it's good. It's, because without, it's, without it's good. them, I, oh. I would I wouldn't have fodder to upset Saber fans when I tell them that they should rebuild. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my point is is that you know Gerard Gallant has this kind of bad rap for whatever reason. Because he amongst, hasn't he hasn't made it through year three at any one because of those he hasn't gone along right he hasn't gone a long tenure, and I think that's where this changes. Columbus, think, like if people want to look at it, Columbus was a joke, right? And that's not on him. 
that was before Columbus became like before they they had a front office that was actually invested in winning. Yeah. Okay. Florida again. It was the Tom Rowe, the pro analytic. You know the you know I'm super analytic and I yeah, want I, everything I want to put my done. Stamp on this. Right. And then Bill so Foley was just trigger happy. Bill Foley is we got to win within the first five years, and you know we're on a four game losing streak. So I need, you know, need we need spark. something. We need a spark. And it did. And how did that work out for you? Which was really stupid, but you, got you know, bounced in what the first round. I believe. Or no, you got bounced uh, in the. That was was that the Dallas? No. No, it was it was last year. It was the bubble. Yeah. So conference that was the Dallas. Finals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I believe they still would have made the conference finals with you know if they had Gallant. I but yeah. I've always been a believer in Jar Gallant. I j- look. But I'll I, say this: this is this is the point that that we're that we're trying to get to. I think and. You don't have a situation where you've you've got a guy, Chris Jury as the GM, kind of fits into the mold of Gerard Gallant as well as his player style. Um, kind of fits into that that role. You've got a ton of young talent and some very good top tier talent that you're that you're you're growing and building together. This is the perfect recipe. Four year deal, I think is the is the report. Is that he's Four, that he yeah. was given? For your deal, this is the perfect recipe to open the window yep. for the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup. This is the point where the Rangers' window will start to open. It, the Rangers' is, window uh, hasn't opened yet. They haven't even had a window. They don't have a window. The window really starts this season. From, and that's yeah. with the, the first steps of Gerard Gallant putting his stamp on his team, getting this team on the right path of what they're looking for, Chris Jury doing whatever tinkering they need to do on the bottom six. Because we've talked about this, and that's been a lot of the rumor that's now coming out, is that the talk is is that Jack Eichel isn't necessarily the big fish, which we've talked about why we've talked about why they shouldn't do it. We've talked about where they should fix the bottom six, the the third line center, and and the fourth line, and address those roles and beef up that part of the lineup. Pot, I just went Boston. Part of the lineup. Oh my god. And this is all coming together. This recipe is all coming together with Gerard Gallant. Now you've got your coach at the helm from start, from the start of it. And Gallant is the perfect mix of you want to win games with hard nose and skill, and but you want to win, but also still develop your young talent. He is literally that. All you have to do is look at what he did in Florida. It's it because it's. The exact same kind of situation, except with better goaltending, and there's a better farm system, and you know you have Artemi Panarin, and I love Sasha Barkov, I love Jonathan Huberto, two of my favorite players in the league, but you know Panarin and Zabanajad have the ability to take you know go to that next step. Look, I think hiring Gallant is tremendous for Capo Caco. It's tremendous for every. I, the I, thing I, is, I, is it's not it's not where you could point to one thing and say he's going to be great for the skilled players, or you say, oh, he's going to be, you know, like if they brought John Tortorella back, you would say, okay, we're going to get grit and it's going to get it's going to get physical and the toughness is going to be there, but is the skill going to suffer? Because we know John's style, we know he hasn't had this level of talent before. Outside of his the last season of Panarin, really in Columbus, with what they were able to do 
with Panarin, Duchesne, and stuff like that. So we've seen that ability, but largely through his career, he's had this this um, this blue collar style of always, of group. Yeah, Gerard Gallant, we know he has had both of it. He's had the talent. He's had the grit. He's had the toughness. He's had the the pure the pure talent up front. I could point back and I could say we we've talked about this as well. Florida, if they don't let Gerard Gallant go, do you think that the Florida Panthers spiral down in the standings like they did for what three seasons before they finally made the playoffs last year? I don't think that happens. I don't think the I think with the growth of Huberto and Trocheck and all those guys continues to go on. And it took them going and getting a guy in Joel Quenville, who, guess what? Kind of fits a little bit of a Gerard Gallant kind of style, doesn't he? Yeah. They kind of have that same kind of moxie. And now Florida's back on track. So I don't know how you could feel negative or think it, that it, Gerard Gallant is not the guy. I think that's that's crazy. I think when you look at it and pl- and look, the Dolan made a made a thing about you know the Rangers weren't tough enough to play against against the Islanders. I, I agree, they weren't. They They're got the, Barry Trotz put David Quinn in a body bag. They and, weren't tough enough against anybody that gave them a fight. And the Rangers kind of showed. Yes, they, they kind of to me were Colorado light. We have a lot of skill. We have a lot of high end talent. But if you punch them in the mouth, and part of it is because they're young, for sure. And that's just natural. Uh, yeah. But the other part of it is they don't have, I don't think, they, they don't know, and it comes from coaching, they don't know how to respond when you get punched in the mouth. They, you don't have that mental toughness. And I of, think that kind of goes back as kind of an indictment of the college mentality. Because you, you know, look, I don't want to downplay Boston University or anything like that, but there's a difference. There's a difference in the coaching style and the coaching philosophies when you're in college versus the NHL. The adversity is different. The toughness is different. The skill is different. It's what I say about college football. Okay. And this is why I don't think college football coaches can be NFL coaches. In college football, you know what you have to do to be the best? have all the best athletes. Right, it's recruiting. If you, if you are a master recruiter and you can recruit all the top athletes, it doesn't matter because in college football, athleticism will beat out X's and O's most of the time. In the NFL, not going to work. You need to actually know how to coach and win. and you know, It's more strategic. To, right, it, it's 100%. You have to actually have a strategy and know your X's and O's. And I think, to your point, it's the same thing in the NHL. You can't just run out the best athletes in the NHL and be like, oh, we're going to win. Tampa Bay literally showed us that two years ago. And really St. Louis to a degree. Because look at all the talent that St. Louis had for years, and then they got a little bit tougher on the bottom end. You know who's the, the, the best example of it? The San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. Like... You can't have get it figured to, out. It's not about having all the greatest skill in the world. Look, you need skill to win. I'm never going to say that you don't. But you need that mixture of skill and toughness. You need the perfect blend. You yep. need the perfect blend. And it's not, you know, when people hear toughness nowadays, they say, oh, they think back to, you know, the Donald Brashears 
the, the Tanner Glass, the Tanner Glasses, the Derek Bugards, you know, rest in peace. The the players like that, or the the Matt Cooks, you know, the goons of the game, the 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 thug enforcer you, players. That's not what need, we're talking about. You need the toughness of you know Dominic Moore, Brian Boyle, Ryan Reeves, guys yeah. who aren't the most skilled, but they can forecheck, they can check. They can play. Yeah, I mean, they can. They can do the, the grinders of the game. They can do the things that an Artemi Panarin that a you don't want Panarin to do, and b the things that he can't do. And, okay. And perfect example of that because I've seen this a lot is because Ryan Reeves is a, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, I believe. Um, and and people are like, oh, he's he's a, he's he's a waste. He's useless. You don't watch any of the games. You clearly don't watch. Any Vegas games, if you think that Ryan Reeves is a completely useless player, is he more along the goon line? Yes, 100%. Agree with that statement. But is Ryan Reeves effective? Oh, hell yeah. The, the, the Vegas Golden Knights have one of the best, if not the best, fourth line in the NHL. Hands down. Look, you're telling me that Their Ranger fourth fans, line? You, you, are you telling me that Ranger fans wouldn't want Casey Zizekas? Yeah, I mean, but, but just case in point. Look at what the fourth line of Vegas did to Colorado. They yeah. made Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog's life a living hell. Look what they did last night to the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens looked like they were an AHL team after the first 10 minutes of that hockey game. Well, just, just if, if you're a Ranger fan, just think back to Brian Boyle, Dominic Moore, Derek Dorsett, and Dan Carcillo. Yeah. Remember what that line did to Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Just embarrassed them drove them nuts and took them out of the series and the problem with the ranger makeup of the roster now and where i agree with dolan and and the mindset of is that the team is is soft essentially is brett howden who checks air where is you're doing great honey i'm never gonna let that one go (laughs) i mean but honestly, you look at that and you say, you you don't have to counter or worry about the forecheck or aggressiveness of a fourth line that is anchored by Brett Howden. You don't. Brett Howden, Julian Gauthier, and Phil DiGiuseppe, okay. I'm not worried about that line. Uh, Kian Kolasar, Ryan Reeves, William Carrier... Nicholas Roy, Haig, yeah, I'm worried about that fourth line. The fourth line that Montreal is putting out right now, I'm worried about those guys. The Islanders' fourth line, Tampa's fourth line, I mean, those are all lines that will punch you in the mouth and will shut down your top players. And it's a large reason why those teams are now part of the Final Four in in the NHL playoffs. There's a reason why teams like Toronto have gone home early. Or teams like Colorado have gone home early. Well, the biggest problem with Toronto is they keep looking for hockey players at the AARP because they can't afford to pay anybody. Well, not, not only that, but they went out and they did, you know, they 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 did a Tampa light, and they said, "Oh, we're going to bring in all these these guys that are that are grit and, and toughness, like Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton." And I talked about this yesterday on the Two for Roughing show. They did that, and you're like, "Okay, they they they're trying to emulate the Tampa Bay Lightning, essentially." But no one paid attention to what Montreal, outside of someone, which I don't want to pump that up any more than I already have, went out and picked up 
not only playoff warrior type players like Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, Joel Edmondson. Uh, I'm, I know I'm forgetting another one, but they're also Stanley Cup champions. So they've been through that whole battle. They've been there and they've done that. And look, the Montreal Canadiens are now four wins away. And they may not ever get closer, but they at least got four wins away. Well, I'll tell you what. Their, their goaltender, uh, uh, Vegas, man, should be thanking God that they got Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, uh, that first, I'll because tell you what, that, that first that 10 first minutes of the game was an onslaught by Montreal. Yeah. But I think I think a large part of that was one Vegas kind of starts off a little slow. I've been noticing that because they've done that a couple times in the Colorado series. And not to go off on a two for roughing kind of tangent, but um, I think Montreal came out and knew that they wanted to try to neutralize Vegas and the crowd as quick as possible, and they had to because you saw what happened as soon as Vegas scored. I mean, the the tide had changed dramatically. And, and Montreal got a little bit back into it when Cole Caulfield scored to make it 2-1. But then Vegas just, I mean, at that point, Vegas just upped it and just kept coming and coming and coming. And Carey Price, had, and it ended up Carey Price basically absolutely kept the Montreal Canadiens within within any reasonable respect. But again, it's game one. I mean, you never, I mean, look, it's game one of a best of seven. I'm not saying that Vegas is running away with it, but I'm just looking at the makeup of teams. You want the Rangers roster next season to look closer to teams that have won it and teams that are are contending than they are right now and with the bottom six that the rangers have nothing is scaring me if i'm an opponent of them next year if no. they go into it with the same roster because, because you know you you know they're not if, going you're, if you're a great team you know okay look we're not going to stop our temi panera because great players are always going to find a way to get theirs Okay, but we're not we're not really going to stop Mika Zibanejad or Tammy Panarin, but can we stop their 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 depth from doing anything to us? Yeah, and and is their depth going to stop our top guys from doing anything? And the large part of that is going to be no. Because, because look, like, I like uh, Colin Blackwell, I like Phil DiGiuseppe, I like Kevin Rooney. Are they the guys that you're going to rely on in your bottom six? without making any kind of modifications to that lineup that you're going to trust going into to the window, essentially. Not necessarily next season, but just the window in general. And I say largely no. I, well, you know what? I think Blackwell has a little bit of something. I, I think there's something there. I, I would give you that, and I would say, you know, Kevin Rooney as your fourth-line center isn't – you could do worse, but I, I, I honestly think you could do better. But I think you, you really have to upgrade on DJ Zeppi. You have to – Upgrade on, uh, uh, and I uh, and I would be kind of curious to see what Julian Gauthier can do under Gallant if he gets that opportunity. I don't know, but you cannot go into next season with Brett Howden on this roster. I I will be shocked. That and I will like, be shocked. And I just want I just want to get something straight with people. We're not picking on Brett Howden. He's an AHLer. It's, it's he's just and that's the thing. It's just he's not a good hockey player. Yes, you have to be good to make it to this level. You also need some luck along the way. But he is not a good NHL player. He's not an NHL caliber player. He's just not. No, he's not. On, on, any it, team that, just, on any team that is of, of an upper level or moving up or into contender level, he's not. He's, he's not. just not. It's just. It's you want to put him on the Coyotes? Fine. Well, the, I, 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 I want to put him on a bus to, you know. <laughs> but. 
the, but, the point is, is that I think what you're going to see is the idea of them getting a little tougher on the bottom end. What I I still am of the firm. I I believe more and more that they are not going to get Jack Eichel. I know I, the reports that come out are saying now supposedly we know the Kings are officially out. Now the reports are saying that the Rangers are moving away from it. We don't know if that's true or not, or if that's just a smoke screen to get Kevin Adams to drop his price. I think it's probably. I think it's more of a smoke screen. But I personally would like to see them, and we've talked about this on previous episodes. I would like to see them strengthen the third and fourth line center positions. I like Philip Hedel. I think he's a tremendous talent. I don't think he's he's shown third line center is his spot. I would actually prefer him on the wing. But the problem is we are so heavy on the wings right now that we have no spot for him. We really don't. Yeah, I think Philip Hedel is going to wind up being becoming the trade chip. It's probably going to be part of the trade bait for, and, for whatever package. And look, you know, I, I like Philip Hedel a great deal. I think he's going to have a good career. But sometimes I think you just need that change of scenery, and I think things don't work out for whatever reason. And I think he just might be one of those guys. And I think at some point, too, with, with the with the amount of wings that the Rangers have collected and just where they are right now, and, it, you know, look, hiring Gallant signals that, yeah, we're not rebuilding anymore. No. We're starting to open that window. They're going to retool so, a little bit to fix to fix some deficiencies, but... Yeah. It, it 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 shows rebuild so, has 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 put its so final stamp. You you're not gonna have the same amount of patience with players now because look, all right, the rebuild's over, so now it's getting down to nut cutting time. So right. are you gonna be part of the solution or are you gonna be part of the problem? Or are you the piece that helps us get even further up the chain towards contending? It puts us over the hump, whether you're on the roster or you're the piece that they trade away to to upgrade. Yeah, and so, I think that at a, at a some point, I think that a guy that falls into that category is Filipino. I do, it's, yeah. and I love Filipino. I I I love. I think what he has done. I think he's done everything the right way, but I think over the three years now or so that he's been up and down, and the last two that he's been up, you haven't seen that big enough of a jump to where he is yeah he's become this force at the center position that you're like okay we've got our depth center locked down you haven't seen it and that's that's the problem is just that you haven't he hasn't done enough to solidify his spot so it's become one of those things where look if we can get better you know Sorry, that's the chip you have to play. And look, and that's the thing that comes into play when you're when you're drafting and amassing all this talent is that not everybody is going to play for you. Right. Not everybody point, that you draft is going to wind up playing for you. It, it, ironically, ironically, you. I think we co-authored this article. Well, we're just plugging the FHN.net. Well, and look, we perfect were... opportunity to join us, by the way. If you are interested in writing about the Rangers, the FHN.net has a home for you. We are looking well, to add writers. Well, look, the problem is anything that we wrote about the Rangers, were we wrong this year? No, honestly, we really weren't. I mean, we did write about Tortorella being a possibility in the mix, and we were kind of, but I, I feel like that was kind of a, we were kind of just reaching a little bit there. But we did, we did mention 
um, you know, the the thing that well, the one that we got absolutely crushed on was when we had talked about the playoffs, um, fighting for the playoffs, but at what expense? When we were talking about if you're not going to trust the kids to get you there, yeah, that the is more is of the a point. What's the point? Time? And that's more of a detriment than going with. And then all of a sudden, it's like. Well, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. And look what happened. They went with the kids, and they were in the fight for it. But back before the playoff push, really, I think this was in March. Yeah, the end of March, you had mentioned, is it time for Gordon to get creative with the farm? And is it time, you know, are, are they going to look at potentially moving some of these players? Players and picks that have been brought in as weapons to start rounding out the roster. I think now you're going to start to see that. And I think that's a little bit of where the patience was wearing thin to an extent. But now you're going to, I think you're going to see that start to, to really come to fruition. And you've got the perfect guy at the helm to craft and mold your, your mission and your team. It's true. And I don't know how you can't be excited for that. Now it's more or less all eyes to the draft and see what happens. I I, I gotta, I gotta tell you. I love covering the Rangers. I really do. And I think this year showed what a good job we do at the FHN and at 30 on Broadway. You know, no knocking anybody else because I think there are a lot of other great Ranger blogs out there and podcasts that, that people should listen to. I, I enjoy the, the Broadway Hat podcast. I'll tell you personally. what, the Broadway Hat guys, free plug um, here, wink, wink. They get some dynamite interviews. They do. They get some really good ones. I, I really enjoyed the Ryan Spooner interview, which, by the way, Ryan Spooner talked about a lot of the stuff that we had talked about with David Quinn, where Quinn tried taking players and taking square pegs and putting them in round holes. So just saying, that came from a guy who actually played under David Quinn and yep. something that a fan like us, we observed and were like, dude, he's trying to make everyone play the same game and they're not grinders. So, again, look, I know this this episode is going to sound like we're bragging a lot. It really is. It is a little bit. It is, but, you know, it's kind of like the mentality of, like, what I, you know, when I was younger and, you know, I used to say suck it to people a lot because, no, because, no, no, because everybody always, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong about, you know, I would point stuff out, and then at one point, they would come back and be like, you know, you were really right about this. And I would turn around and be like, yeah, exactly. Suck it. Like, because <laughs> you get because you get so angry and so fed up with people constantly telling you that you're wrong. And it's like, no, I'm not. I know what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, and, and we have. I mean, this past season, we've caught a lot of crap. And that's part of we don't I don't we don't mean to do this because it's not no, typically who it, we are, but it's not. We yeah, have yeah. caught a lot of crap this season because it was like, wow, you guys just want the team to fail. No, we want the we don't. No, that's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. But we also look. We're fans, but we also we're are going to call it like we see it. We're not homers, and um, we actually do know what we're talking about. We so, joke around a lot. We. Talk stupid sometimes on the podcast. You know, sometimes people are like, "What are the like? What what is this?" But we genuinely are are very studious of the game, and we there's a lot of stuff that we'll catch. I mean, there's things that we'll see even in other games where we're watching and we're on you know 
chat or whatever, and we'll pick up on stuff, and it'll be like, wow, look at that, or why did they do that? They should have done that. So it's, it's just kind of the, the idea and mentality of things. But it, it, this it, season has been very challenging in that regards yeah. because it's been there's been a lot of people who think that they know everything and they know what they're talking about and they're this gift to to everybody's ears and they don't have a single clue so but it's just, it's you do you things, it's, I, you know what power to you you do you little, but don't try to kick us where, down right you know and you know like i said i listen to other people's podcasts i listen i i uh i read other people's stuff because i like getting differing opinions but it's just you know it can sometimes be annoying when all year you like I can't tell you how many times this year I've written something and like it's gotten shared to Ranger Reddit and I went and looked at it and I have been getting eviscerated in the comments. Oh, yeah. It's been yeah. like and it, and I'm just like wow like but and I'm sitting there I'm like I'm really not saying anything wrong like and it's just one of those things where you know when people actually do appreciate the things that we talk about or the things that I write and, or that Chris writes and that, you know, when, when we get vindicated in a sense from hearing former players or, you know, Larry Brooks mentioning in his article, there was a clear disconnect between Ranger players and David Quinn. It's like when I said that there was a disconnect between players and Quinn, Oh my God! The yeah, stuff that was, was being said. To oh, me. you think you're an insider? It's like no, you could just see it on the ice. You could just see it. You know, it's it's like when I would say, "Look, team is unprepared. They're not ready to play." Well, it's on the players. It's like no, it's not. That's coaching. Not always. Not all it, the time. Not all of the, like. There's a reason why you know, and this is my favorite one. Everybody's like, "So you think you know better than the coach?" No, I don't. I but I do know that when. Teams are constantly unprepared and sluggish to play. That's on the coach not having them ready. And I do know from watching a lot of Vegas games when Gerardo Gallant was there, they did not come out unprepared or did not look not ready to play. If you beat them, it was because you beat them and you put your best foot forward. All right? It's one of those things where – that was the thing under the Quinn era that was so annoying. Like the 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 to to um to to talk about it, you know, for, for one of the last times, the Carolina qualifying series. The Rangers knew they were playing Carolina for what a month, two months, whatever it was, when the return to play was agreed upon. Yeah, and they and they, and they had no idea what was going on. They came out and they looked like they had no idea what Carolina was trying to do. That's inexcusable. Yep. That's like that's like you know another NFL analogy. You know when the the NFL schedule comes out, your opponents come out in May. Week one kickoff is September. You know who you're playing. May, June, July, August, September. You have five months to formulate a game plan for the first game. If your team is not ready to play, that's a coaching problem. And that's the stuff with Quinn that got on my nerves was, you know, they would have, let's say they, they had the bye week or you had the long laugh before the the Hurricanes game. You know who your opponent's going to be. What yeah. the hell is your problem? Yeah. Well, the one good thing to wrap up is we're not going to see that 
with, with Gerard Gallant. So the excitement builds, obviously, as the draft nears. See what the Rangers do. If if a trade with Jack Eichel happens, or if there's any other moves, I would rather I would actually like to see the Rangers get creative with their picks and and move some things away to to bring in players to fix the bottom six. And of course the expansion draft. What happens with the expansion draft and then going going forward. So well, that's all I'll we say, got for I'll say this, Ranger fans. I don't think Casey Zizekas is gonna be the Rangers fourth line center next year because I don't think he crosses the rivalry. Personally. I think, you know, that I think there are some players that buy into that rivalry. Zach Parisi was one with the Devils. Um I don't think there I, I don't think Casey Zizekas will ever cross the the Ranger Islander rivalry. I think there are two players who are there's a good chance I would put money on them being New York Rangers uh in October. Pierre Edward Belmar and Ryan Reeves. Which would be I mean it would kind of make sense because both are former well both are former under Gallant too. With Belmar yep. was also a key part of that fourth line for Vegas. Yep. I, right. I I personally think those are two names that Ranger fans should get used to. I I think we're we're there's a good chance we're definitely going to see one if not both in uh, Ranger Blue. It'd be interesting to see. All right, that's all we got for today's episode. You can catch all of the thirty oh, Broadway episodes. Oh, by the way, I was only a week off. I I thought it was going to be last Wednesday or Thursday they announced Galant. So I, I was a week off, but still, you were still off. But still, Anyways, I still got, but I still got it right. You can catch all the 30 on Broadway episodes oh, wow. <laughs> by visiting 30onbroadway.transistor.fm. Or we're pretty much everywhere. Everywhere that you get your podcasts, we're on everything. Um, the FHN.net is the home for the Faceoff Hockey Network. And we will see you guys next time. Whoop, whoop. Love you.